This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, let's move on to more serious matters now. And uh, well, there's been criticism of the government's decision to sell the AstraZeneca vaccine. Vaccinologist uh, Professor Shabib Mahdi um, says that uh, you know says that the doses uh, should have been given to people deemed high risk um, in uh, within South Africa. The Health Minister Dr. Zuelim Kiza earlier this week announced that the sale of the one million dose uh, doses of AstraZeneca vaccines had been um, concluded. Let's speak to Professor Shabir Mahdi joins us on the line. Professor Madi, thank you so much for joining us here. I think maybe it's important to place things into context here in the sense that, uh, you know, it's important to understand exactly why government uh, felt that it was, uh, they would derive no use from uh, this vaccine given the fact that we had this new variant. But I think uh, it has been said that, uh, you know, it may not uh, be effective against mild or moderate cases but that it can certainly go a long way towards saving lives. Uh, good morning. So thank you very much. And you, you're pretty accurate in terms of your summary in that the World Health Organization has come to the conclusion that even in countries where this B1351 variant circulates, those countries should continue using the AstraZeneca vaccine because the vaccine very likely will still protect against severe disease and death. Uh, so it's very surprising that South Africa decides to sell off the only vaccine that it's got available that could provide some opportunity for high-risk individuals to be protected against severe COVID and instead uh, sell the vaccine off to other countries uh, where the B1351 variant is probably also going to be circulating. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, uh, to that point, I mean, I see that also research has just come out of the, in the United States, although I see there was some criticism of the trial there of the AstraZeneca vaccine. They're saying that uh, whether they had revealed um, all, uh, all the information, you know, because they were saying that it was found to be 70% effective against moderate or mild uh, disease. And I gather that even in across Europe, the AstraZeneca vaccine will be the preferred one for most of those European countries, even though they had uh, been concerned concerns raised now about these clots? Yeah, so the AstraZeneca vaccine is the most widely used vaccine in the in Europe, uh, followed by the Pfizer vaccine. And in terms of the study that was, the results that were released for the study from the United States, the issue was up to what time point was the data analyzed. So there mm-hmm. isn't any issue in terms of the actual data itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the results of that study showed 79% protection against all severity COVID and 100% protection against severe disease. And that is very consistent with the real-life experience of the AstraZeneca vaccine in the United Kingdom, where they're also showing in people over the age of 80, as an example, greater than 80% protection. So this vaccine works. Uh, It doesn't work against mild infection due to the B1351 variant, Mm. but there's strong evidence uh, in animal studies where these mice are vaccinated and then challenged with a B1351 variant that shows that this vaccine protects against severe disease in these mice. And these sort of challenge studies is what usually helps us in terms of understanding how the vaccine would work in humans as well. Was it not a consideration, uh, Professor Mahdi, the the fact that uh, this... um 
the, the dose, at least the, the, the consignment that we had of AstraZeneca was due to expire, apparently. We're told at the end of uh, April that perhaps maybe government was uh, maybe not convinced of its own capacity to, um, you know, to roll it out in time before it expires. Or there's that whole issue of uh, um, the expiry date being dispelled because I, uh, I think we recently spoke to one of your other colleagues who were saying that, uh, in fact, it's been found that uh, that uh, it can still be efficacious even beyond this expi- expiry date. Correct. So the company did allow for a two-month extension in terms of the expiry date after doing stability testing. So the batch that was available in South Africa, that will only probably now expire at the end of June. Uh, but the reason why government decided not to roll out the AstraZeneca vaccine is probably based on recommendations that came from the Ministerial Advisory Committee, which I regret to say was ill-informed in terms of its decision-making process. Mm. Was this not on, adv- on advice? Because you were, um, if I recall, you were involved, of course, with the uh, the, the, the trial of this Oxford-AstraZeneca um, um, vaccine in South Africa. Would that decision of government not have been informed by what you as uh, scientists had found? So it was influenced by the findings of the results, but unfortunately the findings of the results were inaccurately uh, interpreted mm. by whoever made this decision eventually. All that we showed in South Africa, and the only question that we could address from the small study that we did, was whether the vaccine had greater than 60% protection against mild to moderate infection. And that was the hypothesis that we were testing. We weren't able to conclude from the study whether the vaccine might have a lower level of protection against mild to moderate infection, and we definitely didn't have any severe cases uh, occur among the participants to make any conclusion on whether the vaccine would protect against severe disease. Mm. But then the supporting data, other data points, which assist us and which assist the WHO in terms of making its recommendations as to whether the AstraZeneca vaccine, and for that matter, any other vaccine, which hasn't been evaluated against the B1351 variant, whether those vaccines should still be used in countries where the B1351 variant circulates. So as an example, South Africa has decided to procure 20 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine, but there's zero evidence as to whether this Pfizer vaccine would protect against the B1351 variant, be it mild infection, moderate infection, or severe disease. I do believe it will protect against severe disease, Mm. but there's no study to actually support it. So it's a contradiction not to use the AstraZeneca vaccine, 1 million doses, but then to order 20 million doses of mm. Pfizer vaccine yeah. without having evidence as to whether it would actually protect any differently compared to the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, professor, how would you respond then to, if I were to ask uh, that, uh, you know, would it be the case that because you were part of the trial of this Oxford-AstraZeneca uh, vaccine that you are unlikely to talk it down? I mean, do, does that uh, mean in any way that you would have any vested interest? And by mean vested uh, interest, I'm not meaning even financial or anything. That, but that uh, you would have something invested in the success of the um, of the, the 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 AstraZeneca vaccine. Yeah, my main focus is to make sure that high-risk individuals in South Africa get vaccinated as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Be it the AstraZeneca vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the Novavax mm-hmm. vaccine, because I believe all of these vaccines will actually protect similarly against severe disease. Mm. Uh, So getting um, stuck in the sort of issue about what the evidence shows us and what the evidence doesn't show us, especially when the study that we did was not actually designed to address the question as to whether the vaccine would protect against severe disease is unhelpful. So my only, my major conflict is to make sure that we get people vaccinated in South Africa as quickly as possible, irrespective Mm. of which vaccine it is. How concerned are you, Professor, about our, uh, you know, vaccine program or lack of at this stage? 
Well, there's absolutely no vaccine program that's taken off as yet. As you know, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is being provided to some healthcare workers as part of an implementation study. Beyond that, South Africa is one of the few countries, one of 44 countries in the entire world, that has yet to start with its vaccine program mm. for COVID. And is this a serious cause for concern in your view? It's a major concern, given that South Africa accounts for more than 40% of all of the COVID cases on Africa mm. and almost 40% of all of the deaths that have been reported in South Africa to find ourselves mm. in a situation where we haven't started a vaccine program when other countries such as Kenya, uh, Botswana, soon as well as uh, Zimbabwe are beginning to roll out vaccines. Uh, we need to ask ourselves, why, how did we end up in this particular mess? And it is a mess. Just a final one while I have you on the line, Professor, on an on unrelated matter, well, related but not directly to vaccines. Um, this study, just a quick thought, your thoughts on, on uh, the study that says that children who are 10 and younger produce more antibodies in response to coronavirus infection than adolescents and uh, adults. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a study that came out from Germany where they basically looked at the immune responses when doing a serial survey. And it showed the children under the age of 10, 1 to 10 years of age, had much higher antibody concentrations compared to older individuals. So I wouldn't read too much into that uh, particular analysis. So we do know that immune responses do differ, differ across age groups. And it might well be that the reason why children are able to mount a better immune response, and this is just speculation, uh, is that they might, uh, end, they, they might do less interference mm. uh, in terms of mounting an antibody response to the virus compared to mm. adults that might have other sort of underlying immunity right. which limits the ability to mount a good uh, antibody response or has a lesser antibody response. But I wouldn't make too much into that study in terms of uh, its relevance as to why COVID is uncommon in children. Got you. Thank you so much. Professor Shabir Madi um, uh, joining us uh, on the line there. He's a vaccine, uh, professor of vaccinology in the School of Pathology at the Vets University. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.